0: Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Alright everybody, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. Nate Erie here. Hour 3 getting underway. Before I bring my next guest on, just a quick update uh, as things are moving in real time. There is no update on Denmark's uh, Christian Eriksen who was just uh, stretchered off the field uh, in a UEFA match that was just live on ESPN. Happened kind of during my last interview and there is nothing more to update at this time. It's kind of captivating the Twitter world right now and all social media Networks um, as information is you know made available, I will uh, update the folks listening here on WGR. But uh, as it stands right now, no no new information has been provided other than just the scary moments all of us sort of spent the last 15 or 20 minutes if you were watching live on ESPN. But I'm gonna go to the Wester hotline now because I want to continue talking some ball here today. And again, I will provide any updates uh, as they uh, as they come along here during the show. But joining me now on the Wester hotline is the managing editor for the Lions Wire, Jeff Risden, uh, talking a little with me this afternoon. Jeff, first and foremost, good afternoon to you, and uh, thanks for making some time for us on this Saturday afternoon. We appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Good to be on with you.
0: Awesome. So, uh, you know, listen, I know uh, from a Bills fan's perspective here in Buffalo, we don't get a lot of uh, Lions coverage out here other than, you know, our, our yearly annual preseason game that, uh, you know, happens every year. But I, I find it them to be a remarkably interesting team going in to the 2021 season and you know very few teams get to essentially trade away a franchise quarterback someone that's been like sort of the pinnacle of the organization for more than a decade and move on to a former number one overall pick that walks in now say what you will about Jared Goff but he is a former number one overall pick a player that was in a Super Bowl not too long ago I I gotta start with Goff I think that's the, the obvious place to start here Jeff but what are your expectations for Jared Goff considering? He's going from a system and a play caller who is widely considered one of the best in the league and, and, and putting his quarterbacks in positions to succeed and great weapons around him. And he goes to a team that is, I think, rebuilding on the offensive side of the ball with Anthony Lynn. So tell me a little bit about what your expectations are year one in Detroit for Jared Goff.
1: Yeah, and, and I think the, the biggest thing is that he's not Matthew Stafford, and Lions fans can't expect him to be Matthew Stafford, and if you're playing fantasy football, certainly don't expect him to be anywhere close to Matthew Stafford this year uh, because the receiving core in Detroit is awful. We might get to that. Who knows? But uh, it's uh, you know Jared Goff is coming in. He's trying to salvage his career, and the new general manager in Detroit is Brad Holmes. He was the director of collegiate scouting with the Rams when they took Goff number one overall. He is a big Goff advocate, and you can see why. Uh, I was out at minicamp this week. Goff, uh, there, there, there's this rap on him that he doesn't have a strong arm. Uh, I can tell you firsthand that that's not true. He, ha- he doesn't have Matthew Stafford's arm. You do. Uh, Josh Allen sure. happens to. Um, so you're probably <laughs> yeah. spoiled with that a little bit. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's certainly fine. This isn't Kellen Moore or Cody Kessler sitting back there, you know, throwing you know spitballs at, at people. He, he's got an arm. Uh, The bigger question is how how much he wants to use it and and turn it loose, which is something that we got used to with Stafford quite a bit. This is a very different kind of quarterback, and I think that's going to take some getting used to. I expect him to be um, solid. I don't think he's going to be terrible. I think he will make the most of what he's been given, but uh, what what he's given right now isn't all that impressive. That's part of why you're you're looking at golf with kind of of a side eye. And we all are in Detroit, too. We're wondering if he's the answer for the long term. This is his audition year. Um, he's under contract realistically for the next two years. He will be in Detroit, whether anybody in Detroit wants him or not. They certainly do at this point. Uh, and, and the hope is that he does become the long-term quarterback. That he, he, You're right. He is a former number one overall pick. He was a pro bowler. He had a fantastic year uh, in 2017. and 2018, he was pretty good, too. Wheels have kind of come off since then. Now they're, now they're trying to put him back on and, and let him drive a franchise that is at the very beginning of a much-needed and overdue rebuild.
0: So I guess the question becomes, Jeff, like how do you fairly evaluate Jared Goff this season? Listen, I I guess what I'm getting at here is the league itself isn't exactly been known to be patient with quarterbacks, right? Like a lot, even like guys that were drafted a year, two years ago. I mean, people in Miami are talking about a make or break season for Tua Tagovaila, who's literally drafted one year ago um, and has a new play caller in year two. Like this isn't not a league that tends to wait around for quarterbacks. So, how can you know people in detroit within that organization fairly I don't know, evaluate his performance when Tyrell Williams is his number one receiver, or Quentin Seifus, or like whoever's going to be the number one receiver, or number one weapon. Now, I mean, T. Jockets is probably more or less the number one weapon. They've got a good run game and they've invested heavily on the offensive line. So he'll probably have the best offensive line he's ever played behind and one of the better running games he's, he's, he's sort of had with his game. But like, how do you fairly evaluate him in a season? He just does not have those elite pass catchers.
1: You know, and I think a lot of that will be, does he make use of TJ. Hawkinson, who is a budding star? And uh, let me tell you, I, I, I don't take to say that lightly. This guy is going to be great. Uh, he He's somebody that is a rising star in in NFL circles and and get on that quick. But yes, he is the most talented receiving weapon on the team. Tyrell Williams, uh, if he's healthy, and that's a big if, uh, he missed all of last year, he he can be something, but golf making the right decision. You know, dumping the ball down. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams out of the backfield, they're both really good receiving running backs. Now, it's not the most potent attack, but if Goff is making the most of the weapons that he's got and taking the occasional shot down the field with Williams or or Quintin Cephas or one of the three undrafted rookies that they got in camp, uh, that at least two of them are going to make the team. Uh, that, that's, that's where the receiving core is, by the way. That two, two undrafted receivers are going to make the team, and, and there's a fair chance that a guy like Jonathan Adams or Sage Surratt might wind up starting a game or two this year. That, that's how bad the receiving core is. So you have to separate Goff from that, but you want to see, see him making the right decisions. You want to see him being in command of the huddle. You want to see him leading. Uh, that was one of the, the, the knocks against him in Los Angeles was said so he just wasn't this dynamic leadership presence. They wanted a guy that was a little bit more rah-rah, um, interestingly enough, that's not Stafford either. But uh, that, that's for the Rams to, to figure out right, on their right. own. Yeah, but yeah, it's it, it's it's more of you know, does does is he prepared? Is he making progress? Is he helping the guys around him get better and maximize the talent that he's got? I think that's that, that's the prism that we're going to look at him through.
0: Steph, I mean, it's crazy to think about. And I actually had a Google this because I was just thinking in real time. I'm like, you know, uh, you know, worst case scenario. I think the I think Detroit's put themselves in a good position where they will allow themselves to evaluate the situation. And if Jared Goff proves that he can be a franchise quarterback or borderline franchise quarterback, because guess what? Not every team is going to have the opportunity to draft and, or have the ability to acquire a franchise quarterback. And sometimes those fringe franchise guys are the best you can get. And I I think if you're talking about Jared Goff, he's 26 years old. Like that's crazy to me. I I would have never guessed he was still that young. Um, So for me, Jeff, like considering his age, if you were a betting man, are you betting that this is the guy that's going to be, you know, commanding this offense for the next five, six, seven years? Um, or if you were a betting man and you had to put money on it right now, would you say, I, I don't know, maybe this is a one or two year project and maybe this is a team that could, you know, get, get some additional assets, move up in the draft and, and, and ultimately take their franchise quarterback of the future? Or, or like, I guess I guess the question is, what are you putting your money on?
1: Yeah, and I I would say uh, I was an advocate for them drafting Justin Fields this year. So so my mm, preconceived okay. passion of Jared Goff is that he's not the answer. Uh, I've been out at camp. I've seen Goff. I've gotten to, to watch some of his Rams work and then talk to some people to cover the Rams. And I'm less less against it, uh, but but he's got to prove it. Uh, he he can't just be you know. A, a, I I personally believe that he, he's probably a placeholder. But I tell you what, the organization absolutely believes in him and wants it to work for him, and they're going to make do whatever they can to make it work so he is a long-term solution. And, and if he is, if he can be what Ryan Tannehill has been for Tennessee, who was in a similar situation when he sort of got chased out of Miami uh, after it didn't really work, and it wasn't always his fault that it didn't work, uh, which is sort of the case with Golf in, in, in Los Angeles, if that's the case, then I think they're po- poised really well because this is a team... Look, realistically, this, this team is going to earn a top-five pick on its own, and they also have the Rams' first-round pick this year and next year. So they have the ability, if they want to, to get out of golf, to uh, to, to do whatever they need to do to move up to one or two. If they, even if And and honestly, there's a chance that they earn the number one or two pick sure. on their own. Uh, th- this is not going to be a good football team. This is a last-place team. Um, and that's one of the things that, that I think Detroit fans are finally accepting is you know, they were a last place team last year with Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and, and a bunch of guys and, and a, one of the worst coaching entities I've ever seen in Matt Patricia. Uh, that's, uh, why, why not start, start fresh and try to build something with a, a new culture uh, around Dan Campbell, who's a very interesting coach. Uh, they've got a fantastic staff of former players. Um, and I can tell you right now, just from the first week out there, the, the players that are here, it is night and day. The mm. attitude that they have, they're allowed to smile. They're allowed to have fun at practice. They're allowed to make football fun again. There's a lot going on with that. And if, if golf can be the answer to that, then they can add premium weapons. They can use that that top five pick on a wide receiver or a, a, a stud pass rusher, uh, and, and they have all kinds of flexibility. Then, so it's it, you're looking at everything with a long-term vision here. Yeah, uh, I, I hope. I honestly, I hope that golf does work out because it makes it a lot easier. I've covered enough quarterback transitions in my time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really like doing that. <laughs> I'd much rather, you know, build around it. But uh, I'm still not sold that he's the answer. Um, he's got to prove it, but uh, he'll get every chance that he can to prove that he is the guy.
0: Managing editor for the Lions Wire here joining me, Jeff Risden on the West Her Hotline, talking a little Detroit Lions football. And listen, I, I I I hate to be the guy asking you about the previous regime, but bringing up Matt Patricia and talking about the difference that you're feeling this year just being at, at OTAs, Ultimately, I, I think maybe I, I'm not going to ask you to, to 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 rehash a dissertation here. But what went wrong with Patricia? I, and I know again, I, I'm, probab- I'm probably I'm uh, probably like unraveling a laundry list here that's pretty long, like a cartoon length uh, laundry list. But
1: you yeah, know, you got an hour. or two. Yeah, right. Do
0: do do I have some time, Nate? Um. But I, I guess the question becomes: Is he ends up landing on his feet back in New England? And there's talks he's sort of like the coach in waiting there. And I think if that's the case, Jeff. Uh, is it was it just he just wasn't ready to be head coach in, in Detroit and like he's still going to have a future here in the NFL or like what what did you see what was the laundry list of issues that that he sort of presented and and sort of put this Lions team back um, in a situation where maybe he's set them back quite a few years.
1: The the number one thing was that he was disingenuous with his own personality. He came in and tried to be a hard guy. He came in and tried to be the disciplinarian, the authoritarian. Um, and that, that's that's not who he is personally. Um, and, and he did lighten up over time. Uh, we, we saw it firsthand at the Senior Bowl in, in 2020. This was a guy who went in and, and the players there liked him. This was a guy who was, you know, encouraging and, and positive. But he was never that guy in Detroit, not from day one, where he, start, he, he his idea of, of winning over the team was taking on the top players in the locker room at the time, uh, one of them being Darius Slay, probably the most most notorious of it. Um, and, and, and stripped him down and, and insulted him and, and cursed him out uh, in front of people for no reason. Uh, and, and that did not go over well. It, instead of winning over the team, it turned everybody against him. Uh, and he, he tried to win it back, but uh, the, the players that he couldn't win back, quite quite frankly, he got rid of um, for pennies on the dollar, getting rid of Slay, Quandre Diggs, Damon Harrison, guys like that, guys who, guys who were good, functional players. Um, but he couldn't get along with them because he wasn't true to, him, to himself. Mm. Uh, and that was very frustrating because those of us in the media that got to know him a little bit, we did see the guy, that the Matt Patricia, that New Englanders like so much. And we're like, why can't you be that guy on the field? You know, it, it was maddening. So I hope he's learned his lesson with that. I think going back to New England, honestly, gives him a chance to, to avoid that because they do know who he is, sure. and he is a known entity. And he is a smart enough guy that he will learn from that mistake, I believe. Now, in terms of schematics, um, the, the the oh gosh the uh, <laughs> the defensive the defensive idea of playing for the coverage sack when you align your cornerbacks in bump and run coverage and don't allow them to bump uh, it was wretched. Uh, it was a read and react defense. The, were, a great example: Jelani Tavai, second round pick a couple years ago. He's a linebacker out of Hawaii. He was overdrafted, but that's that's not the point. They asked him to get up to 270 pounds as an inside linebacker in a read-and-run system. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's baffling. Um, it, it took away from his natural athletic ability, not that he had a lot of it to begin with, but he's down to 245 this summer and looks great. Looks like a completely different, like a reborn guy. They did that with a lot of players where they, they asked them to do things that they weren't good at or, or didn't play to their strengths. Um, and it, it, was, it was almost across the board on that. And that, that that's why the team is where they're at. That's one of the reasons why this year is going to be so tough, because there are a lot of guys who are, who are kind of misfits. Um, they, they don't necessarily fit the regime. A guy like Trey Flowers is like that. Um, they have a few guys on defense that don't really fit the, the new scheme as well as you would like them to. And, and, and there could be changes coming in with that. You know, guys like Jamie Collins, um, who was a, a a Patricia Patriots guy, um, he could wind up being back there again. Um, now, now I'll, I'll say this for him: he looked really good this week uh, and looked thrilled to be in Detroit. And uh, if, if you've been to Detroit, you know that that's not an easy <laughs> statement to make uh, if, if, if you're not from there. Um, and, and he he was he was all about it. So it's going to take some time, but yeah, the, the just what and this is one of the reasons why Detroit media loves Dan Campbell so much because you're getting Dan Campbell. You're not getting the Dan Campbell that Dan Campbell wants you to see. You're getting the real dude. And that never was the case with Matt Patricia, and that was his biggest failing.
0: Yeah, and you know, Dan Campbell, for some of the antics, um, I, I'm i of the mind that he's a football guy, right? And maybe that's cliche, and maybe, maybe he's a punchline or two, but you know what, like, the authenticity the, the what you're talking about being your genuine self and fr- going from a coach that felt he had to you know b- be the authoritarian, be the guy that demanded respect instead of earning it from players. This isn't the college game, right? And and I think maybe that's where Patricia's, short, to your point, I mean, his biggest shortcoming came, is it's the NFL. These are grown men. You, the authoritarian in today's you know NFL is not really going to have the same, especially when you're not Bill Belichick. And maybe Bill Belichick gets yeah. a harder, I don't know, maybe his reputation isn't as severe as maybe fans around the league will make it of him being like this authoritarian and people fall in line when they go to New England. I think for the most part he's still a players coach. Um that just to me, I, I think he's, Dan Campbell falls into this this area of he's a genuine guy. What you see, what you hear, it's what you get. And I think if you're a franchise like Detroit, I, I I think the Bills were in a very similar place as the Detroit Lions were, you know, upwards of, you know, four or five years ago. And then Sean McDermott, not the authoritarian, but talk about genuine, right? Like, you know exactly what you're getting with Sean McDermott. Now, he's not as boisterous. He's not as, you know, maybe... Uh, I don't know what the it's word. i a that, cartoon. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay. Dan Campbell is cartoonish. But, like again, I feel like in a good way, I like it. I embrace it. I, I guess I just wonder, considering what they had, is Dan Campbell maybe the best possible outcome for the Lions going into the season, knowing where the organization is, where they need to sort of pull out of?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Having positive energy in the building is a huge asset, and Dan Campbell is all about that. Now, he is, he is absolutely a football guy. And one of the things that I think gets lost outside of Detroit, um, he did the press conference where he, he came in with the, the racing helmet on. That was about 20 seconds of it. And it was very well received. I was on the zoom that he did it on. And, and then he went on and he talked about a lot of very like intricate football scheme things. Like this, this is a guy who's, who's clearly got a lot going on there. This, this, this isn't some, you know, like action figure as head coach. This guy's a head coach who happens to be an action figure. And I think there's a difference there that's lost. And I think the national media will pick up on that more and more. Look, this is not a talented football team. And I think Dan Campbell is aware of that. But they are going to maximize what they've got. And that's not been something that's happened in Detroit under Matt Patricia, under Jim Caldwell before him, under Jim Schwartz before him. And then you're going back into the real dark ages that nobody wants to talk about. it's a fresh approach. There, there is a new owner in Detroit. It, mm. It's uh, Sheila Fordham, who is uh, the, the longtime owner's daughter. She's a different cat too. She's, she's much more competitive than her parents mm. were. Interesting. I, th- I think that that that's that's reflected too. And and that there's an attitude with it. You know, Chris Spielman is on the sideline. John Dorsey is here in Detroit. It's a different culture. There's a lot of football dudes on this yeah. field now. There haven't been a lot of football dudes in Detroit in a while, and it's it, it's. Look, again, it's not going to be great this year, but I think long term, you see the vision and you see the energy and you see the progress going towards it. Uh, and, and it is exciting. Um, it, it's much better to, to be a last place team looking up than a last place team looking down. And that's where they were last year. And now they're looking up. Um, and if weird things happen in the next couple of years, they, they could get to the top quickly in a division that, uh, quite frankly is, is, you know, Right now, right now, it looks pretty good at the top. But uh, the, the teams that are at the top, there's some instability with all those. Uh, the Lions could catch fire in two, a year or two, um, similar to what Buffalo is, where you're waiting for New England to finally show some cracks and then you pounce. Bill did that last year. The Lions, not this year, but next year and the year after that, they're in that same position to pounce on that.
0: Jeff, before I let you go, I got to ask you about the transition. Uh, your uh, your first round pick, Penny so well. Um, moving to right tackle coming out of college as a left tackle, 20 years old, I mean, first and foremost, I'm thinking the Lions felt pretty damn good about kind of how the draft board ended up playing out for them. Um, Obviously, best case scenario, but as a 20-year-old, the transition from left to right tackle often gets maybe pushed aside as, okay, he plays tackle, he'll be fine on either side that he plays, but the transition, what are you expecting from Sewell and, and kind of this offensive line? Like, is this maybe the foundation of this team moving forward when you're talking about them, you know, building something special and being a bad team sort of looking upward?
1: Oh, absolutely. The offensive line could be real good right away. Frank right now is one of the best centers in the league. Taylor Decker doesn't get enough credit. He's one of the better left tackles in the league. Uh, he, he's quietly coming off his best year uh, where he cut down on the holding penalties and got much better as a as a downfield run blocker. And this is a team that's going to want to come out and punch you in the mouth. And they've got some dudes that can do it. Sewell, if you watch his college tape, not always the most technically refined guy, but my goodness, he's going to put you on your butt and, and be happy about it. Uh, and they, they, in Halapuli Vadi, Halapuli Vadi Vitae and Josh Jackson, they have some guards that can go out there and, and mix it up too. And, and Jackson was pretty good as a rookie. So yeah, they, they've got the, the chance to have a really good offensive line and Sewell is a key piece for that. They really wanted him. Um, they haven't come out and admitted it, but. It's pretty clear that he was probably the number one player overall on their board, and they got him at number seven. They were ecstatic to get it. He looks, uh, I'll say this for him, he's shorter than I thought he was and mm. not as long as I thought he was with his arms, but, man, he still looks really good. And some of that is the fact that Taylor Decker and Matt Nelson and uh, uh, some of the other guys in camp are really big. They have Dan Skipper there, who's 6'10". Uh, so, they, <laughs> you know, they've got some height. they got some yeah. length there. He does, he's not that guy, but, boy, he looks really good. His footwork's nice. He's always he's always practicing with a smile on his face, and that's just it's just not something that we're used to in Detroit. Again, football has not been fun in Detroit for some time, um, and, and again, even if this team goes three and fourteen, and and that could happen, you're going to see a lot of Detroit fans with a lot bigger smiles on their faces than they have in a long time.
0: Yeah, I think anybody six ten could make a six six guy look small, but you know, I, I mean, yeah. that's 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 a, that's. I a, mean, I
1: I am six five, and I I felt short to, around some of those guys. Yeah, I imagine it's so it's uh, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's cr- He's he's going to be really good. I I don't anticipate a lot of problems with him. Um, I, I'll, I'll I'll switch to the Cleveland Browns real quick. Jedrick Wills made the switch from right guard from right tackle to left tackle last year. Three sacks in the first four games, he allowed one yeah. after that. I think you're going to see the same path with Sewell.
0: Yeah, a little, a little growing pains early on, and then you settle in. And a player with that kind of talent, um, you, you've just got to exactly. assume. Yeah, it turns out to be a great long-term play. And hey, at the end of the day, if you have two, you know, All-Pro or near All-Pro bookends, you know, it, it that really helps either a quarterback who's looking to refind his way in Jared Goff or a young guy that you're going to be putting in there in a situation where hey, at least you know he'll be upright. Something you know, a guy like Joe Burrow is not going to really have the opportunity to say so jeff thank you so (laughs) much man um i you know i've been following you for on twitter for a while enjoy your work man let's you know i'd love to have you on again soon sometime um and appreciate you making it some time on on a saturday afternoon for me i do really appreciate it
1: anytime you need me let's talk around training camp time that'll be fun
0: absolutely man will do we appreciate it t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours